what is up wait first off we were on time we were on time oh oh shit sorry not bad <laughs> that's right uh welcome to the ryan ripkin show as you can probably tell i'm not ryan ripkin i'm zach bollinger here because ryan is out of town we do have some people in here still though kevin ostriker locked on ravens in studio Way to give it. You know what, Kevin? I'll give you all. Thank you. Thank you. And then, of course, we got the man making it all happen behind the scenes. Brad, how's it going? It's uh, it's it's weird without Ryan being here. It's, I it's going good. I can tell. Uh, you know what? I was about going to ask you about the shirt, but before we get into that, uh, I was going to actually uh, say, mention that you could tell that there is a tall person that normally sits in Kevin's seat. Yeah. And we, we probably should have <laughs> readjusted the, the microphone. The mic, uh, the microphone itself is, is, uh, oh. yeah, that's all right. But, you know, I can be, I can be tall for the day. Yeah. You know what? This is just helping a couple Kevin of just... for, for Kevin. Yeah. Oh, we should have <laughs> that, that uh, being said, but what's up with the shirt, bro? Yeah. Dunder Mifflin. I had to, uh, that's dope. Dunder Mifflin shout out Represent. the office. I told everyone I'd be wearing my you office did. merch. So I had <laughs> to, had to come through for everyone. It also felt like if I'm sitting in this chair, I have to wear a black shirt. You know, I, I felt point. like it's a uniform. <laughs> I mean, that's what Ryan does every, yeah, every show, exactly. So and uh, appreciate that. weirdly enough, I feel like uniforms are kind of, they're our hot, hot, spicy topic mm. to uh, kick off the show. In fact, MLB like uniforms, good, tra uh, good transition. There's something about them right now. At first, people were talking about the MLB uniforms with the jerseys. Didn't like the jerseys, didn't like the quality that Fanatics, who is new this year, was putting out. And then they saw the pants. And uh, this is Cal Raleigh from the uh, Seattle Mariners telling a really bad joke, so I'm sorry in advance. But the pants are even worse. So uh, take a look. Why did the toilet paper roll down the hill? Right. To get to the bottom. Jesus. All right, pause it. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. So, so look at right. the... Brad, you take that away. I was going to say, look at the bottom of the, right below the belt. I'm not trying to direct everybody's attention to, to his crotch, but like you could clearly see the, the jersey showing through on the pants. And I got to imagine, I mean, there's a lot of sweaty guys out there. I got to imagine <laughs> in real game time situations, we're going to see an awful lot of sweaty cracks mm -hmm. if something's not done about these yeah. uniforms. They're absolutely atrocious. You look at the White Sox uniforms, the lettering is all close together. It doesn't make any sense. They're all ugly. We got we talked about how the Orioles orange jerseys look like highlighters. You could see them from space. Yeah. This is something has to be done before the season starts. And I sure hope that they do some sort of improvement because this is bad. This is the worst yeah. I've ever seen. And I think it's one of those things where it's not only is it's one thing when the fans complain, you know, like it's when the fans get upset about stuff that happens all the time. The players are very vocal about not liking these uniforms and yeah. a lot in, you know, articles coming out videos. They're asking the players about them and they're like, I don't like these at all. Yeah. And now it's going to be interesting. I know a picture of Scott Barlow from the uh, why am I, Cleveland Guardians was posted today by the team and you can see the Nike check on his underwear underneath the uh thing so it's they, they have to figure this out right Kevin? No, they, they have to figure it out i mean we saw was it was it a rangers player who had his his yep. name all the, i forget who it was but his name was all around and the letters yep. were all close together and then you're right it's, it's not even just one player like if there's mm -hmm. a oh like there's a there was a problem with my uniform right that'd be one thing but this is like 
multiple teams and we're just in spring training. I mean, imagine what it's going to be like, you know, we get to like the all-star break and I'm Mm -hmm. sure we're going to have like 50 other stories about this wardrobe malfunction here. So I don't, I don't know if you saw, Oh, is this, this is the Guardians one. You you can just blatantly see his underwear. Like you just blatantly see his underwear. Like this is, come on people. Yeah. You can't. And I mean, even did you see the, there was a tweet from the fanatic support who, what player was it? Oh, it was, so Michael Chavez, I believe it's pronounced okay. Chavez, he posted a picture of his uniform that was in his locker. So it was the locker the team gave to him, and he posted it on social media. And Fanatic Support responded, not knowing that it was Michael Chavez, who's an MLB player wearing his jersey that they gave him, said, oops, looks like we dropped the ball on this one well, at least D- they know yeah and they, they said dm us so we can get you a new one so that's just but even fanatic support saw that and was like oh that's a mess up and it's like no that those are the jerseys that we're wearing this year so yeah it wasn't like somebody just bought the jersey it wasn't like some some customer bought the jersey and and they were trying right. to make, like <laughs> this was a professional ball player bitching about this and so like it's crazy. It's it's obvious that things are an absolute mess. Well, do you do you guys remember the story? You know, with fanatics, where I think it was a Ravens fan got his A Flowers jersey, but mm-hmm. it was like a Vikings jersey or something, yeah. and, and it got all this national. So this is not the first time. It is not yeah. even close. To the first time fanatics has had something like this happen. The difference is that they are supplying uniforms for all thirty MLB teams. Yeah, they're going to be seen by hundreds of millions of people this season. So mm-hmm. that's that's the main difference. This is not one fan we're talking about. Yeah, and I, I would be remiss if I did not bring it up, but there was a picture that the San Francisco Giants posted or took to a few days ago and started going around of a player, and it was to highlight his mustache, and it was to put out that he has a new mustache that he's doing this year. Unfortunately, you see the entire outline of his lower section, front and center in the... Uh, in the photo, which was quickly taken down once it became the talk of social media. So I do think this is going to be a weird beginning of the year because I don't know what fanatics can do. Is it too late for them to switch uniforms? How many see-through pants have they already delivered? Because I would like to think that they give these teams enough pants to make it through the year. That's a lot of see-through pants. I I don't I don't want to. There is go. I'm telling you, there is going to be. If this stays the way it is, there's going to be like one major, major, major wardrobe malfunction mm-hmm. that we're going to see, and we're going to all tweet. we're going to all say, "Told you so." Yeah, <laughs> we knew it was coming. <laughs> so, so I but, can learn more about. This oh, there thing. it is. Yep, we dropped the ball <laughs> on this one again. At least, at least they know they dropped the ball. At least they know. Sounds like, <sighs> hey, but like how does how does oh, this guy? I I, I I see a tweet that I don't even think we can put we can put up on the. <laughs> Is it the Giants player? No, it's uh, I can't even. It Padres, I think this is. I'll uh, I'll 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 send it, and uh, we can have the deliberators see if we'll be able to put this on the (laughs) stream or not. But it's bad. I mean, we're it's 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 bad already. It's gonna probably get worse. No, I think, I think that's the issue. Is this? I don't think this is the worst of it. I think the worst thing that can happen is they're gonna try to fix it and make it even worse than it is. I just don't know how this got through. Like, yeah. how did this get through through the quality? I know they had to have had like meetings. Yeah. Of like, all right, this is what we're gonna give your players, okay. and I see it now. We gotta share it now. Do we? Are we going to? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I don't. 
This is something whenever we're able to pull it up here. Yeah. And who, who is this? Like, who is... I don't, I, don't, I don't know who it is. What picture is it? Do you uh, have it up? Uh, I will in just a second. Awesome. Yeah, but did, did no one try... Like, did they have no one try these on? Like, do a test of like, hey, they can should've... you see the, the jersey through the pants? Because I feel like that or red flag number one. Can you see this guy's balls? Oh, no. That's really bad. Like, fans are going to see that in the stands. It, uh, that's really bad. <laughs> that's <laughs> really so bad. terrible. <laughs> yeah. So it, bad. It, what is this? That's a Padres player. What is yeah, this? yeah that's a Padres player. He, <sighs> this is how how so is Fanatics going to bounce back from this? That's another thing. And like you said, Kevin, this is the first time the Fanatics, I feel like, has been under heat. Usually it's mm -hmm. because of the fans and, you know, getting orders wrong and stuff. But now it's bigger because it is the entire MLB. Yeah. So, I, I guess, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. But let's move on to I guess a little bit more promising news. Like we're gonna go to the Jeep a little bit early. So, uh, Kevin. Oh yeah, here we go. This is my time to show. Nope, here we go, Kevin. <laughs> Get on that bus. <laughs> Get on that Jeep bus. You know that you know you make a good point. That is like a huge bus. Yeah, you right you here. you drive a massive bus. <laughs> so uh, thank you to Adams Jeep. Wait, I want to I want to. Oh, oh yeah, do make sure you boom. No, nope. uh, no other way there. Yeah, there it, we it's go. tough. It's tough. There it is. People don't understand. It's tough to sit in that seat. You have to know which <laughs> way to. Ooh, there we go. But a little bit of good news coming out of College Park in a down year for basketball. Maryland or. Baltimore might be losing Patrick Queen over the offseason, but Derek Queen, don't think there's any relation, will be coming to the University of Maryland, the number 12 overall prospect in college basketball, I guess, uh, in high school right now, is committed to Maryland. So a massive, massive get for a Terrapins team that up until, you know, throughout this year, there's been a lot of questions about the future. So it is really good to see just something bright to talk about with Maryland basketball because besides Jameer Young this year, yeah. it's been tough. So really happy. Honestly, I'm, I'm happy for Maryland fans just because it's been bad. I know with Willard coming in, people thought it was going to be this big change. They thought, okay, here it is. We got rid of Turgeon and there's just going to be this influx of great talent and we're going to have this incredible coaching staff. And we're going to go to the NCAA tournament, and it has not been that at all. It's been the opposite yeah. of that. It's been nothing but disappointment. So I'm happy for them. Yeah, it's good. I think he's the, I think, second highest recruit yeah. in a while. I think Diamond Stone only mm -hmm. is the one that's highest throwback to Diamond Ooh, Stone, by the way. What a throwback. <laughs> yeah, serious throwback there. But again, yeah, hasn't been great. I think the the Willard tenure this year especially, it's, you know, it, yeah. it, ha it hasn't been good. It seems like... I think uh, I think Spencer Schultz put this out. They just lose the same game every single time. Every like, single time. It's, it's the exact same script. <laughs> like it's every single time. So this is a huge get for them. And, you know, maybe this is something that can finally turn things around for them after a really rough year this year. So I'm excited. I always love the like the like people who go home or, or mm -hmm. go back to where they're from. And obviously him being a Baltimore native is awesome. And they beat out, you know. Maryland beat out like Kansas and a yep. bunch of other top programs. Sometimes home is just where it's at, you know? And I think that's what people are most excited about is Kevin Willard's big thing was he wanted to protect the DMV because yep. there are a lot of great ball players in the DMV and in this 
Baltimore, Virginia, yeah, like PG County has a lot yeah. of guys, you know, and it, it's been a big struggle for them recently. They've been losing a lot of talented guys to out of state to these big programs. So for them to get somebody of that stature and also to kind of hopefully lead an influx of talent from the DMV area up into uh, or down to College Park. Yeah, it is. Although, it is good to see. I mean, we had. I mean, who, who was the last big like true Baltimore? Was it Rudy Gay? That's, that's a that's a good uh, question. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or Mello went to Polytech, right? Well, Mello went to uh, Towson Catholic, right? Did he? I yeah, know. I think Carmelo went there, and then he went up to New York. Who am I thinking of that went to Poly? I don't know. It's, but either way, like it would be nice to like have like another ball, true Baltimore native finally finally make it and and be, and be of that yeah. stature. Yeah, I think it's just it's something where, especially seeing that Maryland is an option now. I don't think for a little bit it, it kind of lost that I want to go to Maryland. I want to play basketball at Maryland. I think there, you know, this could be something that starts to bring that back. You know, you just have to you make one run in the tournament and it can change a lot of things. So, you know, I mean, I think excite it. There's more excitement now about next year in Maryland than there would be and right. solely because of this. I think this was massive. For them and I know it's different because with you know college versus NBA, if a big star goes and signs somewhere, that guy's locked in. You know, mm -hmm. this could easily be a one and done here for yeah. Queen. Oh, I, I'm doubt. sure it's probably going to be. Yeah. But I think the point that you made is if they make a run next season with him there, brings the excitement back. Yeah, you could maybe again begin to build that recruiting mm -hmm. class and begin to build the I guess the reputation of what Maryland basketball is, because right now, again, I just, it's not as high as it's ever been. I'll say that. No, not at all. That is for sure. So let's move on. We just talked about Derek Queen. Let's talk about another Derek. Now let's move on to the NFL and some more rumors, because I mean, what's better than NFL rumors right now? I feel like you cannot escape them everywhere you look especially on Twitter, especially on Kevin's Twitter. <laughs> if you want some rumors that are going to get people riled yeah, up. Yeah, I'm stirring. You, I'm stirring things up. And uh, we were talking. I like, first of all, how you did the uh, Patrick Queen to Derek Queen and then Derek Queen to Derek Henry. Just, you got it. Who's Henry? Who? who? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you you got to get a Henry that we're going to transition to a little later. So you got you to gotta think about it. But yeah, I, talking about the Ravens and... Um, where are they going to go for agency wise? That's a uh, that's really interesting because their running back room, and we talked about it here on uh, on Monday, and obviously ever since their season ended, about where the running back position is going to go. Like I said, where's J.K. Dobbins and uh, Dalvin Cook all is free agent? So Derrick Henry's a guy who there was just so much smoke around him at the trade deadline. It, it just felt like it was destiny, like it was going to happen, and then like at the last second it fell apart. Now he's a free agent. If the Ravens want him, he's there for the taking. He's not going back to Tennessee. There's no. there's no way he does. Well, I know I know one guy who is convinced that Derrick Henry needs to be a Baltimore oh, yeah. Raven. Brad, do we have that clip? Yeah, here we go. So we got RG3 making a case for Derrick Henry to Baltimore. Here we go. He's going to be a free agent. And we all know he's an absolute beast. And I've got the perfect place for him to go this offseason. He plays with physicality. He is relentless in his preparation. And we all know he ain't getting any younger. So he has a passion to get over the hump and go win a championship. So with all that being said, there's only one place for him to go. Derrick Henry should be a Baltimore Raven because he already plays like one. Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry just so happened to be the duo we didn't know we needed. 
So I love the way that he served that up. I love the way that he sold it. But there are definitely a lot of cases. We talked about this during the season when we thought that there was potential and it kind of seemed as if the owner of the Titans was the one that vetoed that. And I felt like it was all but a done deal. And then uh, at the stroke of midnight ended up not being uh, not coming to fruition. So, you know, I, as much as it pains me, Gus Edwards might more than likely will not be a Raven next year. Dalvin cook. I still feel like that whole signing was weird anyway, but Dalvin cook could end up being in the mix again. But J.K. Dobbins, I think, is is not going to be a Raven next year unless unless he's willing to actually come to the table and work with uh, work with Eric DaCosta. But Derrick Henry kind of really seems like that guy. Mm-hmm. The big problem, obviously, is going to be cap space to to be able to sign a legacy running back like that. Where, and that's some of the rumors that we're hearing about the Ravens wanting to sign a legacy guy. And it, like they're going to have to clear up that cap space. And the Ravens have one of the 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 tightest. Uh, room for for margin as far as that's concerned. I know Kevin, you can talk a little bit more on that, but um, I would love to see Derrick Henry in purple. That's for sure. Yeah, I think if just imagining Lamar and Derrick Henry in the same backfield, like again, regardless of you know if you want to talk about oh is Derrick Henry declining, is he in you know his prime anymore or whatnot, just having a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield and also having to deal with Lamar Jackson and that threat too, mm-hmm. it just it would keep me up if I'm a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Like seriously. Now I know that for uh, for Spotrack they have you know they do a bunch of cap stuff and have all the cap information out there. They have him projected, I believe it's two years, twenty million with thirteen guaranteed. So you're essentially now is that a backloaded contract where you have the cap hit be really little in year one mm-hmm. and then you can cut bait after a year and yeah. have it essentially be a one year deal. It's a two year contract. We'll see. But I think the thing with the Ravens is they only have about and this is before restructures and everything, so they're going to be able to create more. But it's around three to seven ish million dollars in cap space right now. It's not a lot of money. No. And we know that the Ravens have a bunch of really good free agents like Justin Matabike and Patrick Queen and Geno Stone. And I could go on and on and on and on and on with that list. So, in terms of if a Derrick Henry would prevent you, if they do, if it is two years, 20 million, would that 10 million or whatever it is, would that prevent you from bringing in? a cornerback for mm-hmm. depth if they don't get Ronald Darby or Arthur Millette back? Would that prevent them from bringing in maybe a wide receiver? There's a lot of conversation about what happens with Odo Beckham and if there's a guy that's going to come in and essentially take that quote-unquote veteran yeah. spot in the lineup. So is signing a running back, whether it is Henry or if you want to go to the Josh Jacobs train or Saquon Barkley or whoever it may be, there there's a debate because I think there was a graphic. I can't remember who put it out, but over the last 10 or 12, maybe 15 years, the starting running back on every Super Bowl winner, I don't think there's a guy over 10 million, maybe not even 5 million yeah. in terms of that. Like the last two years, it's been Pacheco. It's $700,000 each year. So it's something you got to keep in mind because I think a lot of what NFL teams view is what you should do with that position is just draft a guy in the middle rounds, play out the rookie contract, and then see what it is. The position is just in, in such a bad spot right now. Well, yeah, and I, I think that's, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I'll let you get to it, Zach, in just a sec. Yeah. But I think what to your point, uh, you know, with the running back situation that kind of plays into what we saw over the summer last mm-hmm. year with Saquon and JK right. and yeah. a lot of the other running backs about how the, the value of the running back position has been diminished. And we're going to get into this topic in a little bit, a little bit later, but you know, with the quarterback position costing, so, costing teams so much money that that's the the playbook in which a lot of these organizations are going to have to, to work with is having these low value players or, and I'm just talking about monetarily, of yeah. course, but like, 
you know, having these rookies come in on their rookie contracts and hoping that they just ball out because they don't have many other options mm-hmm. because they've had to pay some of these quarterbacks and the quarterback gap has been so crazy. Again, we'll talk about that in a bit, but it's just been insane. So I think that it makes a lot of sense to what Kevin's saying. So it'll be interesting to see how the Ravens end up working, working their cap cap space to be able to fit a guy like Derrick Henry in, into their roster. And I think also the way that the running back position over the you know, maybe five five or so years, we don't really see a bunch of like bell cow backs as much anymore. Like we, we see a bunch of teams that have a 1A running back, but mm-hmm. you're not necessarily giving them, you know, 250, 300 carries a season. Now, Derrick Henry has been one of the very lone exceptions to this rule because he has been he has been taking a lot of carries over there in Tennessee. The Ravens, since Lamar Jackson came into the league, I believe there hasn't been a player except for Mark Ingram who's gone over 200 carries in a season. You know, they've had guys, I think Gus was at 196 this year, and then they had a bunch of guys at 150 in the in the previous years. For the last five years, the lowest amount of carries Derrick Henry's had in a season is 280. Yeah. And the most he's had it was in 2020, 378 carries. The year before that, 303. 2022, he had 349. Derrick Henry has played in the league for eight years. He has 2,030 carries. That, this year or not not this year but over the course of his that's career. ridiculous that like that that's the other thing that people don't understand and he's remained about. healthy yeah like he that's has what yep. people yep. don't understand about like what an enigma it's been with derrick henry because they just give him the ball and even this past year when they're not they weren't necessarily playing for anything towards the end they still like their goal is they're like hey even if we're losing whatever the you know situation may be we're going to give you your touches and I don't know if it's still, you know, thinking about the AFC championship, but every time I think about the Ravens <laughs> signing a massive running back, I'm like, what's it matter if we're only going to give them six carries? So that that's the big hump I have to get over mentally when talking about bringing in a star running back, because like you brought up, Super Bowl teams recently have not had high paid running backs. I think honestly, if we're talking about guys that I think Fit that mold over the past few years. J.K. Dobbins was the guy for the Ravens. It sucks that he was injured, but that was the low cost. You got him in the second round. He didn't have a big cap hit. He was, you know, team friendly salary. That was the guy. If he could have stayed healthy and taken that leap, that would have been like the perfect situation. Yeah, and I see uh, we got a comment here. Could you take what Kevin said? Or what I was saying is a bigger reason to sign a Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs type of teams rallying for agent running backs less now. The Ravens could take advantage of that. I feel like with guys like Derrick Henry, it could be possible, right? Because at this point, if you're talking about Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs, those are two running backs looking for their second contract, right? They they mm-hmm. haven't been quote unquote paid yet. Yeah. So you're looking for those guys who both played on some version of a one year extension off of the franchise tag. But Derrick Henry has earned you know this is not his second contract he's not you know 24 25 years old anymore so for him i think the fact that he's not going back to tennessee i think has a little bit to do with look he wants to go win a super bowl like that's Mm -hmm. a big priority for him and even though we know how the Ravens season ended you know zach you talked about the six carries in the asian championship game for running backs with the way the ravens running back room is right now there are just so many different reasons yeah it's justice Justice hill and that's it literally that's it and who knows maybe a guy i've seen yeah, right. Well, yeah, we're yeah. talking about to, to like sign, yeah, like yeah. healthy yeah. guys sign. And who knows? Maybe having a guy like a Derrick Henry forces the Ravens in the playoffs to stick to their game plan. You you never know, but maybe that changes it and all. 
Real quick, if you guys aren't, if you could like and subscribe to the channel, we would really appreciate that. We are live Mondays and Thursdays. Usually Ryan, who's like a little bit taller. There's not much more height, but like. He's shorter than me. It's fun. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, he's actually <laughs> short. Fun fact. Kevin's actually the tallest here. I'm actually seven feet tall. Yeah. That we have to make it. No, no I'm, I'm seven tall. five. Yeah. Just don't, just don't flip the numbers around to reveal my actual height. <laughs> exactly. You see, so Kevin's actually the tallest one in studio. And, uh, but there's just a lot. I know we want to talk a little bit about not just Ravens free agency. Let's talk about free agency everywhere. And Brad, I know you want to do, I guess we're doing a little matchmaking game. You know, we'll play a little, uh, I guess NFL Tinder type here. Oh, yeah. oh, that's I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. So uh, I know that I think Kevin had the free agent list pulled up, but let's just start with the running backs since we're already on the topic. Um, top four running backs, I think, arguably are Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Austin Eckler. And so what I want to do is pick pick free agents that could instantly make their team better. And so I think I think it's a foregone conclusion that Austin Eckler is no longer going to be the running back for the Chargers. No. Yep. Josh Jacobs, you know, division rival going into uh, going into the Chargers would instantly make that team better, and I think that it would be fen a phenomenal difference maker uh, to that offense. Obviously, you got uh, so much going on with Jim Harbaugh and and that the whole regime change. Yeah, that that organi organization is being flipped on its head in a good way. And I think mm -hmm. adding a guy like Josh Jacobs just makes a ton of sense. Now you're going to stick it to the Raiders twice a year and you're going to be a force to be reckoned with in that AFC West. I said at the beginning of the, you know, towards the end of the year, I've said it since, especially since Jim Harbaugh got signed, that I don't think that the Chiefs are going to just wreak havoc on the AFC West anymore. I think that it's going to be a pretty challenging division and it's not going to be as easy as it was over the last six years for them. No, I, I agree. And adding a guy like Josh Jacobs, especially to a team like the Chargers, where, like you said, Jim Harbaugh wants to come and establish the run. Who is the Los Angeles Chargers uh, offensive coordinator? Greg Roman. What does yeah. Greg Roman like to do? Run the football. So I think if there's a team, a lot of people are saying get Herbert weapons. You know, Herbert's had weapons. Yeah. yeah, Herbert has had some of the best weapons of anybody in the league, but he hasn't had an offensive line and he has not had a consistent run game that they have stuck with to help his passing. So I think getting a solid running back and a good offensive line that can protect him. I know they just, I believe, restructured their center Lindsley. So they're on the right track to starting to get more cap room to then make fill these holes. But like you said, Brad, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a cakewalk for the Chiefs. It feels like every team in that division, maybe not the Raiders right away, even though we saw Pierce, he had them he had them playing inspired yep. football, and they beat the Chiefs. So Correct. I agree. I think it's going to be a very competitive division next year. But, of course, we have to see what the Chiefs do in free agency if they land a guy like a Mike Evans. We're once again probably back at the Don't ruin part it. of the Chiefs. Oh, was that your next guy? Do you want the? Uh, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna go off all three in a row? Yeah, no, uh, no. So, uh, who's your running back? That uh, of those four, who's your running back that's going into a, a, a team? I I don't want to take the easy way out and say Derrick Henry to the Ravens. So, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with. I want to put a run. 
Now I'm going to go Derrick Henry to the Ravens. I think it does change. <laughs> like it's the one that just sits in my head. I would prefer Saquon me personally, because I think he's a better all around running back. But I think Derrick Henry just adds something to the run game where you now can't just put guys out. You have to stack the box because if yeah. you sit there and allow Derrick Henry to get open run lanes with a Lamar Jackson, you know, Lamar's going to have them. They're going to have to space out the defense because if you come in, Lamar Jackson out the back door, touchdown. See you later. But if you have a Derrick Henry who can wreak havoc up the middle, sort I sort of like what we hoped Gus Edwards would be, you know, in that just yeah. hard nose, he's going to go out and get seven yards of carry. I think that changes the Ravens offense. I'm not sure if they need a <laughs> that's yeah. It, it, it you know, it like God, I'm going back on what I said, but you know, it that's part of the part of the job. Yeah. Who you got, Kevin? Sometimes happens. Well, I think we have uh, we have Tori as an Eagles fan here. And so before I get into mine, I just think Derrick Henry on the Eagles, that's the other team I've been seeing floating around with mm -hmm. the Ravens. DeAndre Swift's a free agent. Again, I don't know how it's going to work out with Sirianni at the end of the day. but yeah. I don't, Especially with reports of him and Big Dom. Yeah, the Big Dom stuff. Mm -hmm. is, is that's, that's definitely spicy. But I don't know. I think that if, there's, if it's not the Ravens, I could see Henry on the Eagles just because they have an opening there. And he's not going to command the same amount of money that a guy like Saquon is going to or as Josh Jacobs. But for me, I'm going to go Saquon. And I've seen this one floating around a little bit. I agree. I think Houston. With, you, you pair Saquon with CJ Stroud. Oh. You get Tank Dell back. They're, they also had a lot of injuries on the offensive line last year. Tunsil mm -hmm. was healthy for the majority of the season, if I'm not mistaken. But they lost Titus Howard pretty early in the season. And he has turned into a stud for them at the other tackle position. The Texans have cap space. I think it's around $50, 52000000 million. I think they can bring in a Saquon. And imagine with CJ and Saquon and Tank Dell, you add another wide receiver potentially to that mix or maybe even two of them. Mm -hmm. I think that offense, you have Dalton Schultz already as the tight end, I, although I wouldn't expect Patrick Queen there with how they were kind of beefing during the divisional round game. But yeah. I still think Saquon to Houston is a really cool one for me. I think I'll take that one. I, re I actually had not thought of that until you brought it up, but that's kind of scary. Yeah. That's a... That's a scary offense if you have CJ oh, yeah. Stroud and then Saquon Barkley just to do it all back. It would also mean I can't be hurt by Damian Pierce and drafting him. Yeah, so. I think that experiment might be over, unfortunately uh, for them. So. Yeah, he better be. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, next, next up, we have the wide receiver uh, room. So, Kevin, uh, do you know how many wide receivers are free agents this, this, this season? There, there are a lot of them, but this is a pretty, this is a pretty good class. I mean, I know we, you know, Mike Evans. I'm not going to steal that one, but Mike Evans, Mike Evans is one of them. But then you have guys like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and and a bunch of other guys. And I, I have the full free agent list right here. CBS actually put out a uh, a top 100 list of free agents, and just prior, the Ravens have actually six of the top 60 guys. But talk about free agent wide receiver Odell yeah. is one of those guys. Although he's not, he's not at the very top. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not the prime. Uh, the prime New York Giants mm -hmm. that we've seen. But I think the top three is definitely Mike Evans in there. And then uh, as I'm scrolling through this list, T. Higgins is listed at 10. Evans is at 12. Pittman is at 14. Calvin Ridley is an interesting one that I yeah. think that, that's kind of the what if the Ravens didn't draft Hayden Hurst. I think everybody wanted, everybody wanted Calvin Ridley. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I wanted Derwin. I didn't want them to trade out of the pick. I wanted them to take Derwin when they had the shot and they didn't do it. Derwin James. Yeah. But those are those are kind of the time. I mean, Marquise Brown is one where mm -hmm. actually <laughs> talk, that's talk, where. talking about talking about Ravens. I, I won't I won't take that one. But this is a they they have talented guys, and I think that 
I don't know. I, I'm big on the Mike Evans train, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to steal that. No, I'm actually not going with Mike Evans. So if you want to, you want to take Brad. Mike were you yeah. going Mike Evans? No, I, I was just saying uh, when he was talking about wide receivers, though, so we don't want to ruin the wide receiver pick. Yeah, so, so, so take take whatever you're going to take. I I'll, I'll take Mike Evans. I'll, right. I'll take Mike Evans. I'll say Mike Evans to the Chiefs. It's been something that a lot of people have been talking about, and I mean, look, we we know that Kansas City's wide receiver group this mm-hmm. past year was just ter- yeah. terrible. It was bad. I mean, yeah. Rasheed Rice is a stud, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's he's the exception. But then you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who, to his credit, was playoff MVS and made a couple of really nice plays in the playoffs. Yeah. But that guy, he's not, he can't be your number two. I think they might actually release him. Maybe they will. Maybe they can save money, but he mm-hmm. might be too important. Kadarius Tony's not stepping field. <laughs> he's not stepping foot on that field for Kansas City again. No. So I think you add a guy like Mike Evans, and again, you got to move around the cap. Chris Jones is a free agent, so you know, do you resign him? Will Jarius Sneeze another guy as well? But for the Chiefs, you get Patrick Mahomes that clear number one that they have not had since Tyreek Hill was there. I think it could happen. I'm not sure Mike Evans returns to Tampa at this point. I feel like some sort of change is going to happen there. So I don't know. I mean, Kansas City's in a hundred percent of dynasty at this point. I think adding Evans is is one of the best moves they can make if. They want to pair. We know that defense was great. Mm-hmm. You want to pair that defense and get the Chiefs' offense back to maybe what it was over the past few seasons. Yeah. Evans is one of your tickets, I think, to go there. I'm I'm going to go same team, different player. I I actually thought this was going to happen at the trade deadline last year. I thought there was a possibility. I traded for him in fantasy a few weeks before, hoping it would happen. Hollywood Brown on the Chiefs. Mm. I think taking over that Tyreek Hill-esque position you know playing that type of wide receiver so they can let Rasheed Rice continue to run the short routes have Kelsey work the intermediate part of the field and then Hollywood Brown be your deep threat I I don't want it but that 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 jumps out as a cheaper option to me for the Chiefs if they want to go and continue to they're gonna have to spend money to get keep Chris Jones they're gonna have to put out Jarius Sneed as a uh, unrestricted free agent they're gonna have to figure out what to do with that they have some they're not going to have the most money, and I think that if they want to keep everyone together while still improving, I think Hollywood Brown's a guy that sneakily could take that offense to another level, unfortunately. It's a good one. Brad, for, what me, you got? for me, it's going to be uh, T. Higgins to the Packers. Uh, we saw Ooh. what Jordan Love has done mm-hmm. with uh, a Packers team where you don't even know any of the wide receivers on that side of the, of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one household name. T. Higgins could go in there and instantly make that team even better than they were this year. Uh, Jordan Love was feeling himself the last half of that season, and if you put a guy in there like T. Higgins, a guy he's going to be able to trust, I mean, what an absolute like juggernaut that that the Packers could be next year if you got a game-changer like that and a wide receiver one, that would be T. Higgins. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that would, be- I, was actually, I was thinking about Hollywood to the Packers, but then decided... I wanted to speak. The Packers are in a weird spot where they have a decent wide receiver, but if you get that one, it yeah. it makes everyone. Well, I, like I, it just, it to a I whole just think level. Christian Watson has been proven to be a little too injury prone at this mm-hmm. point, where you can't necessarily rely on him to play a full seventeen yeah. games. So you can still have if, if Higgins goes there, you can have Higgins, Watson, and Dobbs. And then if Watson has to miss some time, you don't have as, as deep of a drop-off where Jaden Reed was awesome for him. Like, they, they had guys step up throughout the season, but having a game-changer playmaker, I mean, he's a one, but he's not going to be a one in Cincinnati because Jamar Chase obviously is going to yeah. have that role. So I like that a lot, Brad. I think that's a good one. 
Yeah, and you know, I see a lot of people talking about Mike Evans, and I, I know that you mentioned Mike Evans to the Chiefs, and I think he could be good there too. But I don't know. I, as as much as Mike Evans was a difference maker for the Bucks this past year, and and whatnot, he's thirty one. Correct? He's going to be thirty one. Uh, around, around yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Mike Evans obviously is on the tail end of his career. I don't want to say that he's not, he's going to be a scrub. I know mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, but like if he doesn't have a top tier quarterback, I don't know how well he's going to do. And so obviously being on the chiefs could be that factor, but we've seen how players have gone from just being the franchise skill position player, like a Julio Jones goes to a different team. And he's just not that same guy anymore because yeah. he's not in the same system. And so I kind of worry about that for Mike Evans. Not that he can't go and ball out, but is he going to be a DeAndre Hopkins type of guy where he he might have one one good year, maybe, mm-hmm. and then then kind of tra- uh, trails off? So I kind of worry about that for Mike too. Do you know who I'll never quit? A free agent wide receiver on this list, DJ Chark. I'll never quit DJ Chark. I love DJ. <laughs> DJ Chark. Yes, <laughs> DJ Chark is one of those guys that every time he's a free agent, one he always gets linked to the Ravens. It's always like. <laughs> Could they get DJ Chark? And of course, at the moment, everyone freaks out because everyone talks about the Mike Evans and everything. And that's like, that would be such a Ravens move to go, you know, skip these guys and go get DJ Chark. <laughs> DJ Chark is a good wide receiver. He just can't stay healthy. Can't stay, can't healthy. stay healthy. Can't stay healthy. All right. What position are we doing now? Uh, we can do one more. I, I was going to do probably uh, linebackers or just mm-hmm. anybody on, on, the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Let's see. This this free agent class defensively is interesting. I know everybody's talking about Chris Jones if he leaves Kansas City. I don't think he's going to leave. No. I I think that's something where he stays. I think an interesting conversation, and I'm I'm trying to pull up the list here, is everybody thinks Patrick Queen is going to Seattle, and there are actually there's a contingent I think of Seahawks fans that actually think Jordan Brooks is better than Patrick Queen. I know cost less money than Patrick Queen, so just re-sign Jordan Brooks, mm-hmm. but obviously. What's happening with that whole situation is, well, Patrick Queen is like Mike McDonald's guy and Mike McDonald is yeah. Patrick Queen's guy. So it, it feels like that would make the most sense. Now, I think that Patrick Queen can go off and, you know, go run his own, like not be next to Roquan and still do good. Like Queen can go and not be in Roquan's, I guess, shadow, if you want to call it that. Because even before Roquan came in and Patrick Queen was awesome, like he, he was getting better. Roquan just elevated everybody on that defense, including Patrick Queen. So I think that he would make Seattle's defense better. Jordan Brooks and Patrick Queen are rangy athletic linebackers. Both of them have similar skill sets. Brooks has a more of an injury history, but Mm -hmm. it just depends if McDonald's like, hey, you know what? This is a guy I really want. He wants to be here. I'm going to go get him. So I think Queen would elevate Seattle. I'll I'll go with that for my defensive player. I, I think, like you said, I think it is kind of one of those things where Queen to Seattle it's not a done deal, but it's everyone has that. It's like Henry to Baltimore almost. Yeah. Like it, feel, it feels there's, inevitable. There's a lot of smoke. Official. There's yeah. a lot of smoke. And obviously, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. But it's hard to get past that Mike McDonald connection because those two did so well together. Patrick Queen took massive leaps in his career, possibly because Roquan came in. But obviously, Mike McDonald helps. Brad, who do you got? Uh, so I'm going on the Eagles here. The Eagles last year had an, an abysmal defense. Pass defense wasn't there, mm-hmm. and and even the the front line. I'm going Frankie Louvu to the Eagles. Guy, mm. probably do, a lot of people don't know who he is. Probably 
because he's on the worst team in football, uh, and that is the Carolina Panthers. So wow. if you haven't seen or heard of Frankie Luva, that's probably why. But he's an absolute stud. Uh, rushed, rushed quarterback 43 times, I think was fourth in the league on that, and then nine and a half sacks since 2022, led the league in his position on that as well. Uh, so uh, watch, watch for him to, to, to make waves in, in free agency. I just hope that he goes to a solid team that actually makes the difference there. And if, if he goes on the Eagles, I think the Eagles become uh, a dominating defense yet again. I think he's just that guy that can elevate a lot of players around him, especially with how many Georgia dogs are, are, are there that they drafted just mm -hmm. a year ago. You know, they got another year under their belt. You bring a guy in like Frankie, and I think it's going to be th – that, that defense could be scary good. That yeah. that defense had has so many pieces on it. Yeah. The, the, the Carolina defense with Burns and uh, Derek sense. Brown and J.C. Horn and all these guys. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy Chin. Chin. Like, they're so – they have so many pieces, but it's just – it's been so bad. It makes no sense. It, it They're literally one of those teams where you look at the roster and you're like, hey, they can win like four or five games. And then they go out there and they play football, and you're like, "What is happening? Like yeah. you, you guys are so much better than this." I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say Jerry Sneed leaves, goes to the Tennessee Titans. I think he follows. I think they got something going there, and I think they got a lot of cap space, and they can give the man money because I think the Chiefs are gonna have their hands tied and have to give uh, Jones, Chris Jones, they're gonna have to choose. They're going to have to choose one of them, who they're going to franchise tag, who they're going to go after. And if they let Sneed hit the open market, I think a team with a lot of money, a lot of cap space is going to come give him a contract, especially after the year he had. They're going to give him a lot of money to come there. And I, I think the Chiefs, the way they're looking at it is Trent McDuffie played really well. Trent McDuffie is a great corner. And is it worth paying Snead if you can go, if you already have another top corner and you can just go get a cheaper second option? I think that's where it comes down to. Do I think he actually leaves? Probably not. But in the scenario he does, let's get bold. Tennessee Titans. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Secondary coach is the, uh, from the Ravens is now defense yeah, coordinator. Denard I think, Wilson. yeah, I think yeah. it's something that comes together. Wild card here for me would be uh, and like not a free agent, but just a trade. I think the Ravens trading for Cleo Mack could and, and maybe yeah. well end up happening. My wild card trade, I will I will never quit that Jair Alexander the Ravens agenda. I'll never do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Jair Alexander. He's been like every year, like if, if like on, on Locked on Ravens, I'm like, if you've been listening to me do it for a while, you know I've wanted Jair Alexander for like three or four years. On Reunited like, with Lamar. They're, they're, they're like best, well not best, but like really, really good friends. Obviously went to college together. Yeah, I was so say, they uh they have that video of what was Jair yeah, Jair was Jair drafted, was, yep, he and was Lamar talking. Lamar got drafted while Jair was doing his press conference and they had that really cool moment. Yeah. So now that we uh I guess we've talked about what could happen in the NFL, let's talk about what's going on in the NFL right now and more just drama. Because what else would we do during the NFL offseason than have Stephen A. Smith and Micah Parsons talk dynamic about, duo. Yeah. Not the podcast we thought we needed, but yeah. those two together <laughs> talking about Dak Prescott and uh, Brad, we got, I think you can uh, explain a little bit more about what goes on. Yeah. So, if, I mean, look, and in, in, in this is kind of what I was really looking forward to the conversation that we were going to have about just the quarterbacks and paying them. Uh, there's, a precedent that could likely be set with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys 
you know, the, the Dak Prescott's contract kind of has uh, the Cowboys by the balls. Uh, mm-hmm. He there is no trade clause, there is no franchise tag that is allowed within his contract, and he's getting ready to come into the last year of it. Uh, he is potentially up to reset the QB market with sixty million dollars a year. That's not coming from Dak Prescott. That's just people, you know, out there kind of creating headlines. But it certainly makes sense, especially the way yeah. that uh, the, the way quarterbacks have been paid over the last two, three years. That could be the next in line. Does Dak deserve a sixty million dollar a year contract? Uh, we'll we'll let Micah Parsons kind of voice his opinion on that. Take a listen. Are you thinking we are too hard on Dak Prescott with his player performances? I just think y'all analyze everyone differently. <laughs> besides, besides, besides Patrick Mahomes, right. what other quarterback in the AFC has accomplished anything to get more credit than Dak? Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Did he finish? No, but they got it further. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how far you get. If you're going home and you're not in tearing the ring, it doesn't matter. So, so you go to the NFC Championship. It doesn't matter if we get sent home. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's no different. It doesn't matter. Getting bounced in a wild card game. It's no different. Oh, come on, man. That's ridiculous. All that, you doing that, is get you just get more hope, more hope. But if you are not the Super Bowl champion, it does not matter what you accomplish. It doesn't matter if you're an MVP, defense player of the year. It doesn't matter if you're not the Super Bowl champion. It doesn't matter. You haven't accomplished anything. That doesn't. That does not. When when it goes when you when it goes to the hall when you go when you go to the Hall of Fame when you go to the Hall of Fame or you do anything does it say. Made an NFC NFC Championship yeah, final. No. It gives you a Pro Bowl, an All Pro, and Super Bowl. Those are the only three things that they they consider. They don't say, "Oh, you made it to the NFC Championship, Bro. you deserve this." And you do not win the big one. It does not matter. I- Micah Parsons was. Wild. I think he's ups- I think he's upset he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. He said uh, it doesn't matter if you win MVP or Defensive Player of the Year if you uh, <laughs> don't win a uh, championship. Also, he said that all they care about is. Super Bowls, uh, Pro Bowls, and All Pros. Talking uh, about Hall of Fame, yeah, yeah. I, I do believe they take into account things like you know, Defense yeah. Player of the Year, things like Most Valuable Player in the League. So I, I understand. That was what, the case. Joe Thomas yeah. would have never made the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like I, Dan I Marino would have never made the Hall of Fame. I understand what Mike is trying to do. He has to defend his guy. Like that's his quarterback. You have to yeah. defend him. But unfortunately, over the past few weeks, it's just been a train of Micah Parsons going on to different podcasts on his own Twitter, on his own podcast, and saying stuff that is really just getting under people's skin. And it makes no sense. Like, and then I, I, I'll call him friend of the show, Sean Merriman. I, I will say known Dak Prescott hater. Very uh, known. Very, very known. I actually looked well, up Sean Merriman, Dak Prescott, in a video from him in 2019 <laughs> saying that signing Dak is the worst move in NFL history. So I'll give it to him. <laughs> he has stayed consistent crazy so for those he's uh, not wrong he's not like i don't think that he's wrong here so uh, and and i'll let you speak in a, in a second kevin and i'll just make this point and let you uh react it on on the other side but like yeah. I, I think um what we've seen from dak and and you can call me a hater all you want this season but i've talked about this and zach you know you know that i've mm-hmm. talked about this the teams that dak did well against the reason he was in the mvp conversation this year wasn't because he was blowing out good teams he was blowing out sub 500 teams and the the numbers were just inflated this year. Anytime you went up against a team that was either a playoff team in the regular season or with a winning uh, team, he has a losing record. And so, and, and it's, and 
bad performances, not not even just like, oh, he, he they barely lost. Uh, really bad performances. They beat the Seahawks uh, on, in primetime television or uh, mid, midway through the season, but barely beat mm-hmm. them at home. And so, you know, for for him to command a $60 million a year contract just makes no sense to me. And it, it I mean, obviously the Cowboys are stuck. Do they pay up or not, Kevin? Yeah, it, it's a tough thing because uh, this is something I've preached for a while. I feel like Dak is not a bad quarterback. Like that mm. is Dak is not bad. Yeah. But if you move off of Dak Prescott after this whole thing, if you draft another quarterback and he's in the middling tier, like like a Daniel Jones or or I don't know, Derek Carr is not bad either. But it's like a minute, and then you have to pay that guy. $150 million or $175 million. I would have to pay him $60 million a year. Yeah. Well, right. And to me, the, the, this is where the Cowboys are stuck. You're right, Brad, because with Dak, the way that the quarterback market is, even though Dak isn't looking for his second contract, this will not be his second contract. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the quarterback tax of like, well, I'm going to beat this guy. Because we saw it with. Lamar and Burrow and Hertz and Herbert kind of mm-hmm. all signing their I know that wasn't exactly in chronological order, yeah. but signing their deals where it's like, well, Burrow's gonna get or Hertz signed and Lamar signed, then Burrow, then Herbert, if I'm not mistaken, or flipped. So now with Prescott and all these other quarterbacks, if they're a in the top 10 conversation or top 12 conversation, you might have to go above there. That's and the what's the way the salary cap is going. Dak is not worth 60 million. I will say that he's not worth 60 million, but at this point, where do you turn if you're Dallas? And I agree with Brad. I think that's where they're stuck. Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly where they're stuck because you're at the point you can't franchise tag him. You can't trade him. You're going to just have to let him walk. And it's, do you start over at the quarterback position? And that's, that's tough to do. And I think their, their roster is too good for them to bring in some, you know, rookie quarterback that isn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, the conversation that we were having in Baltimore with the Lamar situation, yeah. it was, well, if they if they move on from Lamar, who's the next quarterback and what do they do with the rest of their roster? Because their roster was too good just to go into a full rebuild. You'd have to trade mm-hmm. Rokron and trade Mark Andrews and trade this guy and trade that guy. Dallas is in the same situation. So if you move on from Dak, I don't know who the free agent quarterbacks are next year, but you would have to bring in some veteran that's maybe not in his prime anymore or go trade for somebody and just hope that they're the guy, but maybe they're on the same level or even a little worse than Dak at that point. Yeah. Let me bring this up. What if the Cowboys drafted like a Bonex this year and give him sit, that season? Sit him behind Dak. Sit, I, I'm not saying that would be smart. I think that would ruffle a lot of feathers in Dallas. Yeah. I think it would be very difficult this year. You would have to put all your marbles in one in the basket and go right. for it this year. Like you said, it's tough, but I would not be surprised because like you said, yeah, it, it, it's just right. It, it have to be, it have to be someone like that. Yeah. Oh, it, it that just, would be sick. Yeah. It's just the <laughs> Cowboys are in this position where it's, what do you do? Because yeah. do you pay Dak Prescott who hasn't taken you to those places, $60 million, well, or do you start over with the quarterback and now you're, you're and in the, the no man's land. Yeah, but here's da- what I'll say about that. If you put a good quarterback, a, a quarterback that's going to be better than Dak, like, for example, uh, Kirk Cousins with C.D. Lamb and with all mm-hmm. the talent that's surrounded around the Cowboys right now, what does that look like? 
because then we will will at least be able to put the conversation to bed of like, no, this wasn't Dak Prescott's fault, even though I think it is Uh, like, I don't know how you can have that much talent around that team and, and not do well, not do well. And, and, And certainly do better than, than the wild card round. And so, uh, um, you know, it's just been one of those things. The other, the other side of the ball obviously was a big uh, question mark because Dan Quinn couldn't figure out how to pivot to save himself, which is kind of crazy that he's even got a head coaching job. <laughs> we'll see how that shakes out. But you know, the off- offensive side of the ball, I would love to see uh, another talented quarterback and see what mm-hmm. he can do with the talent that's surrounded around the Dallas Cowboys on the offensive side of the ball. The one thing also is Dak going into this season is going to be thirty-one. So yeah. if you give him a four-year deal worth 60 per year or even a five-year deal worth 60 mm-hmm. million per year, he's going to be 36 or 35, or if it's a three-year deal, 34, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of that contract, or he might even know because it's, it, it's in addition. So he still has this year. So he'll be 32 by the time that next contract starts. To pay a guy $60 million a season who's 32 years old and who hasn't shown anything yet, I mean, he he hasn't. Like, yeah. I... I to play devil's advocate a little, I kind of understand what Michael Parsons is saying in terms of if you lose in the Asian Championship game versus if you lose in the wildcard round, you don't win the Super Bowl either way. Mm-hmm. But there is something to say about yeah. being able to win in those moments and winning those games. So winning two playoff games to get the Asian Championship, I still think is different than just losing the wildcard round every year. And it's the conversation that a lot of people have with Lamar Jackson too. It's, yeah. well, can he get over that? Can he get past the division round? Can, can he get over that hump? And he did it. And that was a step in the right direction. Now, we didn't win the Super Bowl, and we're still yeah. having that conversation. But so I, I understand what both Micah and Stephen A are saying because there are levels to, yes, you don't win the Super Bowl, whether you know, you're know you the worst team in the league and have the number one pick, or if you lose in the Super Bowl, you don't get a ring. But yeah. you have to prove you can win in those big moments, and Dak just hasn't done it enough. And almost to Brad's point, it's like the Paper Tigers conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's at this point, it's you don't know what you're going to get from Dak if you give him that five-year extension and is it worth it you know it's there's so much for the cowboys to i guess take into account here i know brad we got another video that we're gonna play uh do you want to explain that one a little more with patrick willis yeah so uh this was some interesting spiciness yeah i was gonna say a little spicy last minute spice we didn't originally (laughs) plan on talking about this but uh yeah, but apparently Patrick Willis has taken Colin Kaepernick, 2012 Colin Kaepernick, over Brock Purdy, which I thought was very interesting, very spicy. Obviously, Patrick Willis played with Colin Kaepernick in the in the Super Bowl yeah. and 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 throughout all those NFC Championship games. But I thought that was very interesting, and you know, Zach mm-hmm. and I obviously have had our own opinions on on Brock Purdy and that <laughs> whole situation. But take a listen to what. Uh, what, what he had to say, because I thought this was very interesting. He was on the uh, RG3 podcast as well. So uh, just take a listen, and, and we'll, we'll react to this on the other side. Replaced uh, Alex Smith in 2012. And then, of course, Brock Purdy replaced Jimmy G, but it was the previous year. Both teams had a quarterback that had replaced the starter. Would you have taken Cap from 2012, or would you take Brock Purdy from 2023? I'm going to have to take Cap. A lot of people can go back and picnic, like, towards what it looked like, you know, towards his last couple years or whatnot with the Niners or his last year with the Niners. He did what he needed to do. It may not have been in, in a way that, in a traditional quarterback throwing way, but, man, him, you... Man, you guys were something electrifying, but man, Purdy, that's a tough one, man. I love him 1A and 1B. 
So that was RG3 and the Ones uh, podcast there, having Patrick Willis on. I thought this was interesting. I, I, I'm going to say that I, I would be taking uh, uh, 2012 Colin Kaepernick, too. That dude was special that year. And really just that that, that those stretchy years. I, I, I Brock Purdy has yet to really – people are going to go crazy when I say this. Brock Purdy has really yet to prove himself, and, and we saw that what, what happened when good defenses uh, yeah. rattled him. But obviously the Ravens on Christmas Day, then in the Super Bowl, um, you can make the argument that he did well against the Lions. But I think the Lions beat themselves on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we can have that conversation another time. But I'm taking Colin Kaepernick as well. I think it's a situation where it's hard to not get excited when you like Colin Kaepernick's ability. I think Brand talks about right here. Imagine. This athleticism, because he says he could move. He he was incredible yeah. in the open field. Imagine that athleticism with Debo, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon mm. Ayuk, George Kill. Like it just would add such an insane next level to that offense. So I, I like how Patrick Wells plays. It's like one A, one B. I'll get contra. I'll, I'll say Kaepernick here just to make it more fun. I think we've seen Purdy do it, and I think it would be really cool this offense with just. We always talk about if like Lamar Jackson were to go to the 49ers and add that running quarterback type of aspect to a team. I think this would be something similar with the way he plays. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talk about how people value stats sometimes a little too much in terms of everything. And look, Kaepernick only started seven games that year, but obviously went on the run in the playoffs yeah. and looked really good doing it. And Purdy, I'm not saying that he didn't go on a run, but I think with the roster and San Francisco – and Kaepernick's year had a really good roster. Like, yeah. you know, they had Frank Gore and Crabtree, and that was actually Randy Moss was on. That was like mm -hmm. end of end of career yeah, Randy That was Moss. end of end of end career of, Randy, yeah. Randy Moss. But then you had guys like Vernon Davis and Willis and Navarro Bowman. That whole defense was really good. But the thing with Kaepernick is, you know, if if you're looking at what he did in his prime, I know it wasn't a very long yeah, prime. Wasn't, no. Yeah. But I, I just think you replace Purdy with him. Again, not saying Purdy's a bad quarterback, but I just think I would love to have seen what yeah. that looked like because mm -hmm. with Kaepernick and McCaffrey in the same backfield, like I just, I, it's almost like Lamar, Derrick Henry things. Like you want to see it so badly. Yeah. And like, obviously we have a realistic shot of potentially seeing mm -hmm. Lamar and Derrick Henry, but with prime Kaepernick and what Christian McCaffrey's doing, you have Debo and Ayuk and, and Kittle and all the, the offensive line, you know, has some pieces on it at least. Yeah. I think he would be really, really good in that offense. I think it would just be like you said, it's just something you want to see. Like Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in, like all their trickery by itself is awesome to watch. Then you add in an insane rushing threat at quarterback that now that would be something cool for uh, I, I, it's just entertainment. Yeah. Plus, you know, then we get another conversation of Kaepernick and Greg Roman's offense versus Kyle Shanahan's offense and what, and what, oh. what that would look like. I'd be interested to see what that would have been. That, that is a fantastic, I didn't even think about that. That would, yeah, we did see Kaepernick in that, uh, Greg Roman, who knows? You know, we've always said uh, Greg Roman's offense kind of has a shelf life. You know, after a few years, it seems like historically it's kind of done really well for two years and it starts to kind of fall off. So maybe that had something to do with Kaepernick's play starting to decline towards the end. But yeah, that was not something we were planning on talking about, but you uh, yeah, showed. Yeah, that, that was a start, late one. Yeah, mid-countdown, Kevin was <laughs> like, hey, uh, Patrick Willis just say take Colin Kaepernick yeah. over uh, Brock Purdy, and I was like, okay. Yeah, so some, uh, some mi mild spice. Yeah, some mild spice. yeah, it's a little mild spice for uh, your Thursday. And speaking of Thursdays, uh, this is Ryan Ripken Show. 
Every Monday and Thursday, we have live shows. Usually, Ryan is here. He is not here today. He is out of town, but we decided to do it anyway. So if you enjoy the content, we would love it if you like and subscribe. So like we said, every Monday and Thursday, and I guess let's move on to a little baseball. Also, we got a Discord going on. We got we got oh, we got to, yeah. we got to plug the Discord if, yeah. if you're interested in more football conversation with Ravens or baseball with Orioles. Obviously, we got a lot of stuff here planned for for baseball season. Should be super exciting. You can head over to the Discord. I believe that's in the description on, on the stream, so you can go and hop in there. We're we're, we're getting better at it. I yeah. would say we're, we're we're being a little more active in there now, and I think people are excited for it. So if you want to be a part of that community, talk with more. Ravens fans, Orioles fans, Baltimore sports fans, or just sports fans yeah. in general. You can head on over there. We interact in there as well. I think uh, we have a lot of fun things planned for the Discord too. So so stay tuned for that. If you're someone who you know likes to just interact with the sports community, you know you can do it on social media. But Discord is another one of those forms. So really exciting stuff over there on Discord. Yeah, like you said, we are getting better at it. Uh, for a little bit, it it was not as we didn't we were getting better at responding. I think we're starting to hit our stride in actually <laughs> checking it. I kind of forgot to check Discord for a little bit. Hey, but, before we get into baseball, I also do have a poll up. Um, and before I give the, re the results, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of action on this one. The best made pizza dough. So, like, how do you order your pizza? Oh, like what kind of crust are you getting on your pizza? It depends on the pizza. Yeah, what what are the options? Yeah. All right. So the options are deep dish, thin crust, hand tossed, and stuffed crust. Oh. Mm. Like, you going Chicago style, you going with the thin crust, traditional hand tossed. I mean, I feel like stuffed crust is just like if I'm gonna get stuffed, like if that's an option, I would probably pick stuffed crust just because it's stuffed crust. But stuffed crust is also one of those things where like it's good for the first like pizza like first slice or two and then you're like okay this is a lot yeah i i i'm fine with stuffed i mean i like yeah. the thick crust though like like the, oh you like the, the chicago the, like, like the yeah deep dish. i, I deep well dish. for for the deep dish stuff yeah i think i i like that personally but what one brad which which one which one took it uh so for me personally thanks for asking i'm gonna take <laughs> i'm gonna take stuffed crust because like stuffed crust, which I, I do agree that it's a lot, you, you know, it can go a long way. It lasts a couple of days, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to eat it for breakfast. I'm going to eat it for lunch the next day. But I love the fact that I can take, it's like a breadstick without having to order yeah. extra breadsticks. You eat the that, pizza yeah. and you get a breadstick that's full of cheese and, and pepperoni or whatever. You could dip it in uh, whatever sauce you want, ranch, what have you. That's why I love uh, stuffed crust for me. But hand tossed is winning outright here. 39% of the vote came in at hand tossed. What's second? What's second? I feel like, it's well, it's obviously going to be close. It's a tie between deep dish and stuffed crust. 22%. Thin each. crust is not getting any love. I will say thin crust was probably my number two. I think thin, thin crust, crust is great. Yeah. It's just, it, it's one of those things where, like, that's why I said what kind of pizza. Because a thin crust pepperoni sometimes just hits different. Well, can I do, like, a, a secondary question to this? Fine, do Kevin. You, do, do you, thank you. Do you guys think that, Square cut pizza tastes better than triangular cut pizza? No. I no. do. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Evan's Alito pizza guy. <laughs> so they, they have a place. My, my grandparents live in, in Columbus. You Ohio. would order Little Caesars, wouldn't you? No, no. There, there's this place in Ohio <laughs> called called Massey's Pizza. The best pizza spot, Columbus, Ohio. It's it's glorious. They do they do the square cut pizzas. You get pepperoni. And then I'm, I, you know what? I'm already 
I'm already in and I'm going to just out myself even more. My favorite pizza is mushroom pizza. Oh, oh no, I like mushroom pizza. <laughs> there, yes, thank you, Brett. Uh, thank you. But ju so just mushroom for what? Just mushroom on the pizza. Mm -hmm. Well, like obviously cheese and everything. Too, oh, yeah. Like, well, okay. Yes. yes. Just, just, yes. Mu just mushroom. Yes. Oh, mushroom well, pizza. I mean, like, I, I like a mushroom pizza, but like, I would like mushrooms and everything else on it. Like, my favorite pizza is the Supreme Pizza. Has everything. I see. Yeah. No, I'm j I'm just plain mushrooms. Put the mushrooms on there, and I'm good. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise <laughs> I, me. I, I have. Like... I've. I've. I've, <laughs> I've been. I've been with this with with everybody here for two months. I think I've maybe provided the most controversial opinions in, in bulk on the yeah, show. Yeah. No, you have. And then we got into controversial opinions last uh, episode, and you actually delivered an extremely intriguing I fact. Did. And nobody heard because me and Rocco were I know. well I'll, I'll say it in a clearer sense now if you haven't yeah. seen we put out a clip um you know social media and on YouTube if you want to go check it out we had a debate a very spicy and <laughs> passionate debate on the best TV show of all time and I you see Zach with his shirt you, yeah. you, you know you, you know where he's coming in the with office, uh, office you know we have Nick Moore the Ravens long snap run here he was a uh, band, ba band of brothers Rocco said, uh, Sopranos. Sopranos. What, what did Ryan and Brad, what did you say? I can't remember what you two said. Well, we Ryan were on the friends, topic. Of, I think we were on the topic of sitcoms and then it got into the yeah. greatest of all time, but sitcoms, I My thought fault. the greatest sitcom of all time. And I think it probably is syndicated more than any other show because it is the greatest sitcom of all time is mash. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I forgot that was Brad's Ryan's when it got, sense. yeah, that's when I said that, the office was the greatest show of all time. And that that's when the floodgates you know, opened I think, on the I think because I didn't, I didn't say mine because I'm just, I'm spewing controversial opinions tonight. So yeah. why, why not keep going also, with it? Because I'm going to date myself and you guys, I don't, you may have seen some, show, some, some golden girl shows, but golden girls is also very underrated. Yeah. No, I, I've seen reruns of that. Betty White. I I'm think for, for me, golden I'm girls gonna, is underrated. I'm going to go parks and rec. Yeah, Under, I, I underrated think, is parks and rec. Is that that's your show? That's your that's that's my that's my oh we, we've taught uh, <laughs> that's my pick. Controversial opinions. Walmart version off. I'm okay. this is also this is also controversial. Where did I see this? Uh, oh yeah, best pizza in Baltimore. I mean, we're a national show, but we're now this is these are some fighting words because there are some really good pizza in Baltimore. People don't even know. Oh, where's your, where, where's your place? Where's your place? Uh, mine's uh Pig and Rooster, in uh, in Canton. It's uh just. Just uh, south of the uh, the Chaucer, if you've ever been there. No, no, I haven't. Pig and, Ro Pig and Rooster. I mean, I'm telling you, you got to go. But you're you're also the studio is also in Little Italy, so there's good pizza all the way. Yeah, around. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say the studio does have some fantastic food around it. <laughs> now that people, is people are gonna come find us now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go, go. Special guests on the on the Ryan Rick and show. They'll never yeah. find us. <laughs> if you, we're in little. There's the hint near Italy, Little Italy. So uh, should uh, should should Brad's phone be the prize if they find us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. If you you never know, you walk in, Brad's phone could just be sitting on the couch next to the door. So we'll yeah. see. But let's get into some Baltimore Orioles baseball. Not a lot of talk about so far, but Corbin Burns announced to be the starter on Saturday. This is not an opening day starter. First exhibition game is on Saturday against the Red Sox, I believe. So, in fact, yes, Red Sox. I'm going to say it loud and proud. Someone in the chat, but that's <laughs> right. Corbin Burns is going to start. Will he pitch a lot? No. I expect him to pitch maybe two innings. But Corbin Burns is starting a game for the Baltimore Orioles in two days? I mean, 
how can you not be excited about that? It's just one of those things where it, it it's starting to taste like baseball. We had Dodgers Padres on today. Dodgers, unreal. But it, it's starting to feel like baseball season. It really is. I'm excited for it. It's crazy because what when was that? Was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago? I can't. Three weeks ago? Burns yeah, was thank you. yeah. And now we're getting to see him for the first time in those uh those loud and proud orange jerseys. <laughs> they are very loud. You are that's right. You will not miss him on the screen if you tune in. I can promise you that you will know where every Orioles player is at all time within a 50 mile radius. Yeah. Because those those jerseys are highlighters. I think the 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 big thing I'm looking for, I mean, I, I think everybody's just laser focused in on Jackson Holiday and, and just what he's mm-hmm. gonna look like. I mean, obviously the Corbin uh, acquisition is huge and it's yeah. awesome but i mean we kind of talked about it a couple weeks ago in terms of this being you know there's there's not a guarantee like it's not yeah. guaranteed jackson makes the orioles opening day roster this year i'll tell yeah. you why i'll tell you why i i well i'm just gonna put this to bed jackson holiday is not starting on opening day and for the same reason that gunner henderson does not start on opening day and it has everything to do with arbitration they're gonna be they're gonna be able to start him later in, in the season maybe may that sometime around there, they won't ruin his rookie of the year bid if he if he gets to that point, and and they'll be able to have him for an extra year. I think it's a business decision. They're going to do the same thing to Jackson Holiday as they did to Gunnar Henderson. Sorry, guys, he ain't starting on opening day. I think he does. I think because of the new rules with if you have guys on opening day and draft picks, first round picks, I think that's going to become. I would if that was no longer a thing, without a doubt. Dude, but I think if he plays his way on the roster. It's no longer, oh, he put up an incredible year in spring, but we're going to keep him down anyway, like the Chris Bryants when they were coming up with the Cubs and he was the next big thing and the Cubs didn't let him start opening day. And they were literally two weeks later, he came up as the day that he got an extra year of eligibility. But I don't know if that's enough incentive for a guy like Jackson Holiday, though. Well, the thing is, if he wins Rookie of the Year, he loses a year anyway. So that's, that's where true. I think it's like it's so weird. If they think he's going to win Rookie of the Year either way, it's going to be tough. Yeah, because- you can't suppress his at-bats to the point where he doesn't win it. Like He's too, he's yeah. too good. And mm-hmm. for me, I think, again, if he has an awesome spring training, like mm-hmm. he just lights the world on fire, I think I think he'll make it. But yeah. if it's, you know, he's so so where he kind of struggles yeah. you'll you'll send him down to triple a and you'll have him be there not for a long long time like no. i would expect him up at least at the very latest by the all-star break oh but, I, I would say oh, yeah. far May. far prior yeah. far, far prior to that but that's like the absolute like if he goes down mm. there and just somehow struggles in triple a you keep him down for maybe a month or two more but i don't expect him to do that yeah so, i think uh if i had to put a percentage on how i if on the percentage of jackson holiday making the team out of camp I'd say it's like 33%. I think one third of the time he makes it, like you said, he just lights the world on fire. There are at-bats to be had at second base for a lefty. But I think it also comes down to the fact of, is he going to get every day at-bats at first? And if he's not going to get every day at-bats at first, if he'd be playing only two, three times a week, I think they would prefer to have him just get at-bats in AAA. So I think that's another big aspect of this decision is, can he come up and start every day? Because if he's just going to be a platoon guy, that's not how he's going to get better. Right. I agree. And it's it's what the point of, of getting guys down there is, is to, is to get at bats. And if he's going to be playing every fourth day or mm-hmm. every third day, 
I think you'd want him to be in a role where he's playing and getting yeah. MLB experience. Even, even if he, you know, we saw Grayson struggle, go down, come back up, mm-hmm. and was really good the second half of the season. If that's the same path with Jackson, I, th- I think it caused a little more controversy if you, if you sent him down after making the opening day roster than, yeah. than a Grayson, even though I know that caused plenty. But oh, I, yeah. I still think that you don't have to overly force it with him. Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to have him start on opening day or have him be on the roster on opening day because their timeline is so long. Holiday's timeline is so long. He's going to be up at some point early in the season, whether it's on opening day or whether it comes in May or June or again, the all-star break is my absolute like late, 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 late last resort deadline for him. Uh, the I, I agree. I think it's going to come down to how he plays this spring. And I, I don't see the latest I see him getting brought up is mid mid May. You know, I just don't see really a possibility where even he would have to struggle an immense amount in AAA for him to stay down. And I just don't see that. Yeah, Jace, Jason, I'm with you. Give me the kid running down the, the carpet. <laughs> Give me him down the orange carpet. Is, is that orange carpet going to be as bright as the uniforms? Oh, that there, <laughs> there's, there's a bet that should. Uh, they, they should make it. They, they should stitch together the spring training uniforms and roll it out as the carpet. Okay, there. Someone from the Orioles, write that down. See, that was you really, write it yeah, down. Write yeah. it down. Kevin, Kevin, point at the camera again. Don't write it down. Write it down. There we go. Awesome. Now moving on to a, I don't want to say less talked about Oriole, but someone who has kind of fallen through the cracks when it comes to the future. You know, someone that when everyone talks about, you know, the future Orioles, they're going to be good for so long. Someone, a player that falls through the cracks, Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, yeah. And even though he's not here, Ryan has, Ryan Ripken has, did a breakdown of Ryan Mountcastle that we're about to show you a clip of. We'll have the full breakdown up on YouTube right after this show. So you can go check out the full thing there, but want to give you just a quick glimpse of this breakdown, because I think Ryan talks about a great point here in this part of the video where sometimes Ryan Mountcastle's weaknesses are also his strengths. So you have to, you have to give into he's going to strike out. You have to, he's not going to draw walks, but that power. But when he's on, we all see what Ryan Mountcastle is. So we'll uh, have Ryan take it away right here and uh, we'll react to it a little bit on the other side. I'm going to show you something now. This is if there's a knock to Mountie's game and people are going to say this, he doesn't walk enough, right? And last year, I think he had 37 walks. And granted, his numbers between walks to strikeouts was much better in the second half. What does get Mountie in trouble is chasing pitches. So in this case, Gott's going to elevate a fastball here and always an elevated fastball that looks like it's going to be a strike is a hard pitch to hit. But Mountie goes chasing with two strikes, 0-2 count, a little bit higher, strikeout, right? That's the way the cookie crumbles. Here's another example. The lefty O'Kurt for the Marlins. He's going to throw a slider down and in. And Mountie, again, if you look at it, it's another 0-2 count. So that's the other knock. They said, well, Mountie doesn't battle enough, which I don't believe. I think that's erroneous. But at times, he can get fooled, and he will go chasing, right? And I, I want people to understand this. this ball, these balls are out of the zone. You try hitting the ball that far out of the zone or get fooled that much. Like, it happens. Like, this is one of the best hitters in all of Major League Baseball, in my opinion, when he's on. If you're a big league hitter, by the way, you're one of the best players in the world. So just context here. 
But what he could work on, that's something that's no knock to him. That's just the reality of it. So Suarez here is going to throw a really nasty changeup away. Again, goes swinging, missing. That's the reality, okay? But now I'll show you some good parts of Mountie hitting balls out of the zone because that's actually a strength of Mountie. So as much as you have to deal with the fact of Mountie hitting balls or, or sorry, swinging at balls out of the zone, you can also live with the fact that he can do some serious damage on balls out of the zone. And I mean ridiculous damage. And this first one you're going to see, yes, it's going to be a broken bat, but look how far inside that ball is. That ball is way inside, but Mountie doesn't give up on it, can pull his hands in, and he'll be able to get a little blooper down the line, but guess what? That does the job, and things keep moving. Nestor Cortez here tries to throw a high fastball in on Ryan Mountcastle. You're going to see it right up here, but the problem is he doesn't get it to exactly where he wants, and actually, maybe he does. I mean, this is actually not a bad pitch at all, but Mountcastle, better swing. Ready? Here it is. And again, in, but Mountie is ready, shoots the ball down the line. Again, great. There it is. Well, I felt like he was right there with I us know. the whole time. It was good to see from him. <laughs> yeah. He's a good guy. He used erroneous in that. Good word. I, yeah. Good yeah. word. Great I'm, word. I'm proud of him. Yeah, so that is just another teaser. You saw another part on Twitter. If you do not follow Ryan on Twitter, he has a bunch of breakdowns, little clips that he does all the time. So definitely go follow him there the full breakdown which is about eight minutes will be on youtube after this show so i think i think that wraps it up kevin you got anything brad anything else no i think i'm good yeah i think we we put together a good show a lot of spicy and, and mild spicy topics on there and yeah. we were on time yeah I, that, that was i do one. want to uh point that out that no rocco no ryan we uh not only on time Start the stream at 5.55, so by the countdown, we started at 6. I mean, Now we have to do an experiment where it's just Ryan and Rocco. It would, and it see, would start see at 7.15. Start at like, yeah, oh 10 PM. It would oh not be God. anywhere close. But for all those oh. <laughs> for all those at the Ryan Ripken Show, can you hear me still? Yeah. Yeah. All those at the Ryan Ripken Show, we'll see you next time Please. for Please. Kevin. That got way too loud. No, I was I was driving the jeep no, to it. We, we can still we hear you. Up my vibe. Yeah, we, we can still hear you. Loud. All right. So I guess uh, for Kevin, for Brad, for Zach, Thanks. this is the Ryan Rifkin Show. We will be back on Monday, hopefully with a slightly taller guy as well. So we will see you then. What's he say? Have a day. Have a night. Have a weekend. Yeah, we got to work on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's so corny. Doing, but it's so corny. Let's hit the outro music again. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>